message a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about going into uh, Vacation Bible School. And so I talked to you about uh, how God's grace teaches us how to live. And in verses 11 and 12, uh, we went over the subject of denying godliness and denying worldly lusts and living soberly, living righteously, and living a godly life. And so I, I want to share with you with the depths of my heart uh, those words that we speak, uh, it's not man's wisdom that we want to teach. We want to teach God's wisdom. And in 1 Corinthians, uh, we see the Bible teaching us in chapter 2, verse 13. It says, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. One of the things I want to talk to you about is how often are you talking about Jesus? You see, Putting God's grace into action would cause us to do this. Those things that we talked about last week, about denying those things, denying ungodliness and worldly lust and living soberly and righteously and godly, see, those are the things that the grace of God should cause us to deny and to walk away from. And then there's things that we ought to be doing as a result of God's grace. One of the things it tells us regarding God's grace, it says looking. I want you to look at verse 13 with me there, and this is where we're going to pick up the message tonight. And I'm challenging you, are you living your life in response to God's grace? And so when you look at verse 13, it says looking. I want you to underline that in your Bible, and here's why. Sometimes we read stuff, and, and, and it just goes by us. I mean, we read it. How many of you are with me on that? How many of you have read, and I've asked this before of you, how many of you have read a document, you got to the bottom of it, and you had to start over because you don't even know what you read? Have you ever been there? I mean, every time I get my Verizon bill, that happens to me. So, and, uh, but, you know, I, I read stuff sometimes, and, 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 and you know those words were in your head, but, like, you get to the end of it, and you go, what? Have you ever done that? And so sometimes we can even do that with the Bible. Here's the thing. When you're reading, you ought to pay attention. You see, God ministers to our heart through his word. The Holy Ghost teaches us, right? So when you pick up this precious book and you're reading this wonderful book of God, this is God's love letter to you, and he wants us to pay attention while we're reading it. Now, as you read it, I want you to get a hold of this. Notice what he says, looking. Now, he said, looking for that blessed hope. Now, I want to stop there because we can go back, and I want you to get a hold of this. Looking, looking for that blessed hope, looking for that blessed and glorious appearing of the great God. Looking for that, isn't it? Looking for our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now you go back and you read it sometimes and you would say, well, just looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you go past it and you, 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 you miss it. We actually ought to be looking for those things. It's not just one thing. It's all of those things combined that God's telling us to keep in mind. So when we're talking about the grace of God, we are to be on watch looking for God's grace. You know, I, I was watching God's grace in action this week, and I, I saw a sweet, sweet spirit in Vacation Bible School, folks. And I'm telling you, my heart was so moved. And, and I saw people that, that were just in this for the glory of God. And I, I saw people singing songs and enjoying the, uh, the things that were taking place. And you could see even the spirit of the children were wonderful. And, and, and we didn't have a, a wild time. We had a wonderful time. We had God working in the midst of the service. 
I talk about this grace, and if you are looking for God's grace, I believe you'll find it. If we'll observe the teaching of God's grace, we'll see God's grace. And so ponder the statement, looking for that blessed hope for a moment. What blessed hope? What is it that we're looking for? We're on watch for what? What are we on watch for? What are we looking for God to do? What what is it that we desire? What is it that we're asking the grace of God to do for us as a church body? As believers, what are we asking of God? Now, there was a couple of us praying for something to take place for in Vacation Bible School. We were asking for God to bring in great unity and for souls to be saved. You know, both those things took place. Then we prayed for families to come this morning, and God brought them. (laughs) Are you with me? We're asking God to do things. That's what God's grace does. Now, we're on watch for it. You see, when those people come in, you say, well, I don't really know them. I know. We need to get to know them. Amen? You need to know their names. You need to know who they are. You need to know who their children are, and you want to reach out to them. So I want you to think about this. That word looking in the sense used here is to wait with confidence or patience. You know, we're not very patient people. And your pastor, uh, I had uh, Brother James with me. We were going down to camp, and I said, now you get to see what I'm talking about, how pastor loses his patience, especially with drivers. Now, I wasn't horn cussing or nothing. I didn't do anything like that. I had James in the car. And so, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Sometimes we get that way, don't we? We get agitated. We get aggravated. We get impatient. He saw a little bit of that. I was like, good night. What are these people doing? Didn't you hear me say that song? He's like, He's watching me, man. I was like, good night. Do you know where the accelerator is? My goodness, look at that. Do they have a brake in the car? You know, and I don't know what it is. I just keep on talking. And, and James was enjoying it. He said, Pastor, at one point, he said, you all right? I said, no, I think I was dozing off for a minute. No. <laughs> Here's the thing. Ponder the statement. Looking, confidence, patience, he's saying. This word hope is used here as assuredness. So, One of the things that we're assured of, you know, we did the line today. How many of you remember the line this morning that we ran, right? Well, as we're driving home, Emily says to me, she said, you know, Dad, I like that illustration. I said, I know. I said, somebody else gave it to me. It wasn't mine. I just took it. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I'm a thief, Kathy. I just told the illustration. So here's the thing. We have them in a line, but here's the thing. She said, you know, the thing of it is, Dad, there's not any worry in our hearts if we're saved. And we already know we're in that line, but we're not concerned about the line. Isn't that good? What we ought to do is have that assuredness in us, right? We know that heaven's our home. We're assured of heaven. So here's the challenge to us. That word hope is an assuredness. This has everything to do with our assurance of heaven and all that the Lord has to offer us when we arrive. Acts 24, 15. You can write this down or turn to it if you choose to. The Bible says, and have hope toward God. (laughs) Have hope toward God. Now this isn't, man, I, man. No, it is a faithful confidence is what you have. That's that word hope. I have a faithful confidence. And it says in that passage, and have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead. How many of you believe that? Amen. It's going to be a resurrection of the dead. I mean, we have hope. <laughs> Are you with me? Amen. I mean, throughout the scriptures in Thessalonians and in other locations in the Bible, we are assured that there's going to be a resurrection day. Amen. Amen. So even if I die, if I'm in that line and I pass away tomorrow, I am assured that my body will be resurrected. That's what I'm assured of. I know to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord, but one day God's going to give me that glorious body. And so I'm assured of something. There's this resurrection of the dead. Now listen to this, though. Both of the just and the unjust. 
That means both the saved and the unsaved, there's going to be a resurrection day. Now, the resurrection of the unjust, they're going to be condemned for an eternal hell. So you see this in the Scriptures. Now, looking for God's grace, the appearing of His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, it tells us in Philippians 3.20, for our conversation is in heaven. <laughs> you know, what's exciting about that is, is that uh, we're in this, this house out here in, on Pasco Mantra Road, and, and uh, I, someone just revealed to me a long, uh, just a little while ago, they said, you know, Chris thought a long time ago you shouldn't have bought that house. I was like, why didn't he tell me? <laughs> so now I'm mad at you. So I just want you to know I'm mad at you now <laughs> for not telling me. So, but anyway, and, and so I, I got all these things. I'm constantly feeling like I'm repairing. Anybody ever feel like that in your house? Like it's just something else, you know what I mean? Like after a while, you just want to cut it off, shut it down, make it not work anymore, and don't care. <laughs> I got an outlet in the bathroom, and it doesn't work in the guest bathroom. And I don't care, Brother Daryl. I'm done. I said, I don't care. I'll wait till my brother shows up and say, hey, come here. I want to show you something. <laughs> that outlet doesn't work. You got any ideas? Because I don't care anymore. But here's the thing. We get to this place in our life where we put so much emphasis on now, don't we? It's like all about right now. Yet our conversation is in where? Heaven. Our life is really in heaven, isn't it? Now, I uh, got this house, and I got all these things I got to do, and sometimes I'm sitting there, and uh, I was talking this morning about going to bed and not going to sleep. How many of you remember that? So when it's raining, Brother Chris, I'm like this. Because <laughs> I'm thinking the whole time that basement's going to flood again, that basement's going to flood again. <laughs> and so I can't go to sleep. So David starts singing songs about the rain going away, okay? So <laughs> and here's the thing. We worry ourselves about all kinds of things. We get our conversation, our life on the now, don't we? Yet listen to this verse. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to think about this. If I'm looking for God's grace, I'm looking for what God's doing. You know, we worry about so much and do so little about it sometimes. We worry about a lot of stuff, don't we? And, and sometimes you just got to act upon it. You got to do something about it. And here's the thing. What God wants us to do is have our mind on him. Look for his grace. Notice that it says that glorious. Notice this here. Looking for that blessed hope. Looking for that glorious appearing of our great God. Are you watching? Are you waiting? <laughs> Are you really thinking about it for a moment? Are you on watch for God coming, looking for that glorious appearing of our God? I mean, he's coming back again. Do you believe that tonight? Amen. He's coming back again. And we ought to be on watch for that. We ought to, we ought to have our hearts kind of in tune with that. But, you know, when he talks about that glorious appearing, I want you to think about this. It's with honor and praise and worship. That glorious appearing. So, you know, while we're here, we ought to honor him. Amen? Amen. While we're here, we ought to praise him. Amen. While we're here, we ought to start worshiping him with all of our heart. Give him every part of us and have that in there. And we sing that song, What a day, glorious day that will be, when my Jesus I shall see. How many of you know that song, right? And, and, and what a glorious day that'll be. And I think about that day when I stand before him. And <clears throat> have you ever thought this? I wonder what's going to be important that day. I don't think, Brother Chris, it's going to be about whether I had a ball valve or not put in on that line. <laughs> I just don't think it is. I think my mind is going to be so focused on him. And so here's the thing. 
let's get our mind off of worldly things and start thinking about the grace of God a little bit more. Let's look around and watch what God's doing and see the things that he's doing. Looking for what? Well, the one who gave himself for us. Amen? The one who gave himself for us. So what does the Bible teach us? But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, didn't he? God showed, he demonstrated his love toward us. Now, we love to use that verse when we're witnessing to somebody, but listen, that was written for us who are saved as well. You see, God showed his love toward us. He's already demonstrated his love toward us. And that while we were at sinners, see, Jesus already took care of something for us, didn't he? He died for you and for me. I want you to be challenged in your heart. The one who gave us. So what am I looking for? The one who gave us salvation. The one that redeemed us from all our iniquity. Now we learned about redeemed this week, didn't we? But the one that redeemed us from all our iniquity, from all our sins. That's our God. That's our glorious God. And so it tells us in Galatians 3.13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. He redeemed us from our iniquity. And so what is that grace of God that I'm looking for? Man, I have a God in heaven who died for my sins. I have a God in heaven who hung himself on a tree for my cause. Not for his cause, but for mine. And then I think this way. The one who will purify unto himself a peculiar people he said in Hebrews 9, 13 through 14, For if the blood of bulls and of goats and of ashes and of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the puring of the flesh, how much more, now listen to this, shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve a living God? You know, as we were back there working, Miss Kathy, all that was on my mind as I was just watching everybody and I, I love watching everybody doing it. But do you know what started to happen? People actually started having fun. Isn't that crazy? We had fun in the house of God. That's just nuts. You don't do that. We actually started having fun. How many of you started having fun? Huh? You started having a good time. And the thing of it was is that what happened is, is God purchased us from those dead works unto a conscience toward good works and a living God. Are you with me? We knew what we were doing. We were trying to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, the living word of God. Isn't that wonderful? And so what happened was is you saw people come alive. You saw things starting to happen. You saw children listening and paying attention. I mean, this morning they sang that song like they had heard it more than once. Just say amen to that now because they had. I was ready to put a muzzle on Jim because while we were tearing everything down, he kept singing the song. And I was like, okay, Jim. <laughs> One too many times. No. <laughs> but he couldn't get the song out of his head. But listen to me. God said that purge your conscience from dead works to serve a living who? God. God's alive, isn't he? And so we serve a living God. And they will be zealous. Here's the thing. He says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God, looking for that Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> looking for Him. Are you looking for Him? Are you really looking for our Savior, Jesus Christ? You know, this morning, uh, Joe Burks, young Joe Burks came up to me and he said, I'd like to get a visit from you, Pastor. Kathy knows where I live. Isn't that wonderful? I said, I'll be there. And the thing of it is, is that God did that. I didn't do that. 
We didn't do that. Our God did that through us. Are you with me? God made that happen. God's working on hearts. God's doing that in people's lives. God's making those things happen. And I look at this, and they will be zealous, enthusiastic, fervent, passionate of good works. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Now listen, and glorify your Father, which is in where? Heaven. We don't do it so that we may be glorified. We do it that He will be glorified. Amen? We want to glorify our Savior. Listen, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. Listen, we know that that's about the fact that he was hung on that cross, but I think it goes deeper than that because I believe every time we lift up the name of Jesus Christ and the grace of our God, we can't go wrong. Amen. Amen. When he's in the center of it all, when he's being glorified, you cannot, you cannot go wrong. Amen. And that, my friends, is the grace of God. To live your life in response to God's grace, you need to be on watch and looking for that blessed hope. And I believe this, God's grace will cause us to talk about Him and His Son. Now look at verse 14. Who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Notice this now, verse 15. These things, what's the next word? Now listen, a lot of us can talk, amen? You say, preacher, we know you can talk, brother. <laughs> But a lot of us can talk, and we can talk about a lot of things for a long time, can't we? Now, what did he say these things speak? What was he talking about? He was talking about his grace, wasn't he? He was talking about his son, Jesus Christ. He was talking about that glorious appearing. He was talking about that blessed hope. Talk about this. Speak. And, and so the challenge to us is these things speak. Now, listen, and exhort. That word exhort means encourage. Encourage people in this. Encourage believers, encourage unbelievers, encourage people to be excited about this glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to be encouraging people about this. We need to talk about it. We need to speak about it. We need to encourage people about it. As you look at this, and he said, and rebuke with all authority, let no man despise thee. He's talking to Titus over there in that church, and he said, hey, listen, I want you to get to the place where there's nothing in your life, and you stand tall, and you rebuke when it's necessary, but you do it with authority according to the Word of God. And he said, don't let anybody despise you. You know, now men may want to throw reproach, but if it doesn't stick, it just rolls off the wall. How many of you remember... Uh, what was it, goo, or what was that stuff called? Slime. When we were kids, remember you used to get in a little can and you pull that stuff out of there? You throw it on the wall and what would start to happen to it? My mom used to get mad because she said it stained the wall. And it did, by the way. You could just see it as it's rolling down and then you had to wipe it off because there was some sort of slime left behind yet. How many of you remember, now I'm standing up here talking about slime and I can't even get anybody's hand up that they remember slime. How many of you remember slime? How many of you played with the stuff? How many of you loved it? And, and I know my mom got fired up because I wanted to see how long it would stay on the ceiling, Caleb. Oh, I shouldn't have said that out loud. I went... <laughs> oh. But it left a residue up there, Ben. Now, I don't want to see this in your room. I'm not going to come down and visit and you're in there with slime thrown in on your ceiling. Here it is. Let no man despise thee. Don't let it stick. Let me give you this to you. These things speak. So we just sang the song. Let's talk about the King of Kings is he. 
the Lord of Lords supreme through all eternity. The great I am the way, the truth, the life, the door. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. Talk about his grace. Talk about God. Talk about Jesus. Man, I can clear a room pretty fast, Chris, as soon as I start talking about Jesus. I can have my whole family there and say, hey, folks, let's talk about Jesus. I can clear a room in seconds. You say you don't want them to leave. No, I don't want them to leave, but I know I want to talk about Jesus. I want to talk to people about Jesus. And so he said, these things speak. Speak what? Speak about Jesus Christ. Speak about our Savior. Talk to people about Him. Talk about God's grace. Talk about what He teaches. Talk about that blessed hope. Talk about what He's done for you. Listen, you have no greater thing to talk about than your own testimony about how Jesus Christ saved your soul. What a testimony. And you say, well, I was really young when I got saved. What a testimony. Well, I got saved out of drugs and alcohol. What a testimony. Well, I got saved out of religion. What a testimony. Well, I got saved out of a, an abusive home. What a testimony. Well, I got saved out of an abusive situation. What a testimony. Well, I got saved while I was in prison. What a testimony. Whatever your testimony is, God gave it to you. You ought to talk about it. Amen. You ought to talk about how he saved you. You ought to tell other people, you know, I had, the, I had the pleasure of growing up in a Christian home and, and from the time I was little, my mama and my daddy talked about Jesus Christ all my life and, and listen, the Bible was always read in my house and we prayed together and God was the center of our home and I got saved when I was young. Praise God, that's your testimony. Amen. Use it. God gave that to you. It doesn't matter what it is. God lets you have that testimony. God allowed that into your life. Talk about God's grace. Speak about the coming of Christ, about the fact that he has already once appeared unto all men. You know, there are religions that don't believe that he's already come. Yet the Bible says he's coming again, right? The Bible teaches us that he's coming again. Hey, listen, he's already been here once, and he hung on a tree for our sin, and now he tells us that he's coming back again, and where he is, there we may be also. Amen? And so God said he's gone to prepare a place for us. He's not left us empty. He said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. What do I have to talk about? I got a lot to speak about. I got a great deal to talk about when it comes to Jesus. And it's just a choice. Do I want to talk about God's grace and what Jesus has done for me? Speak about the fact that if a person will trust and believe, they can look toward that blessed hope and that they can look forward to that appearing themselves, that blessed hope, that confidence, that assuredness. They can have it too. I was at my niece's wedding down in Columbus, and, and at first I really didn't want to go, and my brother said, look, I already paid for your meal and all this stuff. And, and, and folks, listen, I love people, and I don't mind doing Christian weddings, and I don't even mind going to, you know, the, the, the what's the thing after the fact? the reception after the fact. I don't even mind going to those things at Christian weddings, but I generally don't care to go to some others because I'm going to tell you, whew, the alcohol floweth. And it's crazy. And so I told my brother, I said, we're going to eat, and then I'm going to go. And he said, okay, we'll do that. He said, I already paid for your meal. He said, I want you to eat it because I don't want to eat it. I said, okay, I'll eat it. 
So we ate. But you know, when I went down there, there was a couple there. And this woman, his wife, was Vietnamese. And God opened a door for me to talk about my testimony and talk about my Savior. And uh, I'm going to get an opportunity when we go on vacation this year to stop by Virginia. And they asked us to stop by their place. She wants to know more about my Jesus. She said, why do you have that much faith? Why do you believe that? And so I shared it with her. I gave her the gospel. I gave her my card. I gave her my track. I talked to her about it. But I'm praying. This is a young man that my brother was in the military with when he was young. And this gentleman ended up marrying a Vietnamese woman. And, and she just, she said, and he's saved and she's not. And he said, talk to her. And so I did. And you know, you never know where you are and you're talking about your Savior. Well, I'll tell you, just talk about him as often as you can. Speak about the fact that if a person will trust him. Listen, 2 Timothy 4.12, it says preach the word. You say, well, wait a minute, I'm a woman, I can't preach the word. I've heard you ladies preach, believe me. You want me to say it again, Carrie? I've heard you ladies preach, amen? <laughs> and the thing of it is, when he says preach the word, he's saying, tell somebody about him not actually standing up here being the preacher in that, in that sense, or standing up here being the pastor of the local church, but you can certainly talk about it. Now listen, he said, be instant in season, out of season. What does that mean? It doesn't matter when it is. Amen? It doesn't matter what time of the day it is. It doesn't matter what your location is. It doesn't matter if you're on vacation. Well, I'm on vacation. I, I'm not going to talk about Jesus while I'm on vacation. Why not? Why not talk about him while you're on vacation? You know, the Bible teaches us to speak these things. He's telling us, he said, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Exhort to call, invite, invoke, beseech. Listen, call near. You have a desire to reach out to people and to speak about Jesus. Hey, listen, what's it going to hurt to invite people to church? Just invite them. Just, and listen, all you're doing is just encouraging them to come. And, and what you want to do, just like when we went out and we're handing out bus flyers and uh, vacation Bible school and all that kind of stuff, listen, adults need Jesus Christ too. And they need to know who he is. And if you have a testimony, that means you're saved. Otherwise, you don't really have a testimony for Christ. You have a testimony for the world. So if you have a testimony, you can share it with people. This is a very powerful word the Lord uses to help express the importance of living in God's grace. And so I'm looking for God. I'm looking for those things. Anyone that does not come into line with the grace of God, the Bible teaches us to rebuke them, and it's important that we do that. But the thing of it is, is that we do it in love. And we do it in care. And folks, we live in a really mixed up world, folks. And there are people's lives that are just in the trenches today. And they need Jesus Christ. You see, if we want to see a change, we have to talk about Jesus. If we want to see the world change, we have to talk about Jesus. We have to speak these things. And he tells us in this passage, these things speak and exhort. Tell them about Jesus Christ. Talk to people about him. Don't be afraid of your testimony. Don't be afraid to speak about Jesus. It says in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of what? Christ. For it is the power of God. That is where the power is. It is in the gospel. As a saved individual, do not 
fear speaking about your salvation in Jesus Christ. You never know whose life that's going to touch. You never know how that's going to invoke someone to want to know more about your Jesus. That you, you never know whenever you speak about Him or talk about Him or exalt Him or lift Him up or talk about what He's done for you, not in just this day, but in this week, in this month, in this year, in this life, what Jesus Christ has done for you. Listen, don't ever get tired of talking about Him. Be zealous about it. We ought to be a peculiar people. We ought to be different than the rest of the world. We ought to have that desire in us to talk about Him and not have any shame in our hearts about what He's done for us. Listen, the homosexual community is not backing down. Uh, the world and evolution is not backing down. Uh, listen, those people that are atheists are not backing down. And, and those people that are living in that life and that lifestyle, they're not backing down. And what we ought to know is that we have great power to speak of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ought to do it with zealousness. We ought to do it with joy in our heart. We ought to do it with assuredness. We ought to do it with that confidence in us, that blessed hope that God has given unto us. Listen, we're all in the line and there's people that are in front of you and behind you that are on their way to hell. What are we going to do? Speak about it. Talk to others about it. Sometimes we have to rebuke and it's true. Many times the word goes contrary to man's thinking though. And you know who's right? God is. Isn't he? I've sat in a room sometimes, Brother Chris, and I have husbands and wives that are having difficulties. and It's always funny because they each have their story. And usually I'm sitting between them. And I hear his story, and I hear her story. And Miss Connie, you know what's truth? Right here. Because they both got a story, don't they, to tell. She's got hers, he's got his, and here's the truth. And the thing of it is, is you know what I always find out? They always want to tell me about somebody else's sin. <laughs> they always want to tell me what the other person's doing. Well, we ought to just think about our relationship with him. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, there's a passage in Scripture in the Bible that said, let each esteem other better than themselves. You know, if that's the only verse we had for marriage, it would work out really well. If I was in the business, Dan, of always esteeming my wife better than myself, it'd be thumbs up all the time. Right, Lucy? Yes. <laughs> Just, I'm giving you a hint. Don't tell him, though, okay? But here's the thing. Talk about Jesus. Speak about him. Tell people about him. Romans 3, 4, God forbid, yea, let man be, uh, let God be true and every man a what? Liar. <laughs> the world has a story to tell, don't they? And Jesus has the truth. Amen. Just listen to what I just said. The world has a story to tell. And God has the truth. 1 Timothy 5, 20, God says, Them that sin rebuke before all, that others, may all, that others also may fear. Don't be afraid to rebuke someone when they're telling you stuff about all the nonsense that they believe. <laughs> Just say, and there's a, there's a gentle way to do that. Well, let me show you what the Bible says. And I don't have a hard time doing that at all. Let me just show you what the Bible says. There are times when that happens, but we must speak. We must exhort. We must rebuke with all authority. 
the grace of God. You know, folks, believe me, people will disapprove of the message of God. People have disapproved of the message of God. People disapprove of Jesus Christ. But if we glorify not the Son, we glorify not the Father. We must glorify the Son that we may glorify the Father. Listen, are you saved tonight? Let's talk about Jesus. Can we sing it one more time?